Hello everyone. The turf season only just seems to be up and running, but before you know it, it's time for the year's first two classics. Yes, this is the episode we focus on the Newmarket Guineas Festival, and we have a very special guest. You're listening to episode two from series four of George and Charlie Off the Bridal. This is the long-running, but not always regular, podcast from racehorse trainers George Scott and Charlie Fellows, plus myself, Tony Rushmer. We got underway for 2022 with a Cheltenham episode featuring Nicky Henderson. But then, for one reason or another, we've rather been snookered in our attempts to get episode two in the can. But, 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 it will be worth the wait, as I'm pleased to say we're being joined by one of the very best in the business. Top jockey William Buick is our star guest and the timing could not be better. William Dew to write Native Trail, favourite for the upcoming 2000 Guineas. But before we get into the Guineas, let's start the episode, supported as always by our friends at Fitstairs, with a start of the season report from Messrs Scott and Fellows. George, season has started well. I had a quick look this morning before we recorded, a 20 plus percent uh, strike rate, another winner on the weekend. Um, things are going well, aren't they? Delighted with the start to the season. Obviously, it's very much the start. Uh, I feel like we've got a long way to go, but the horses have started in, in great form. I think it's not much, too much has changed, but when you start the year with some well-handicapped horses that have the um, the constitution to back up back up their previous runs, I think it makes a big difference. Um, you often see trainers going well, and, as a, and it's generally as a result of horses racking up little sequences. And, you know, our horses have seemed to be running consistently... Um, throughout the start of the season and um, yeah long may that obviously continue Charlie I'm sure you're delighted to see George's string in such top order in these early uh, forays never happier well, you've had, a, you've had a solid happier. start yourself you've had a couple of nice nice days and a couple of you know frustrating days haven't you it's funny I think we've had an awful start but there we go that's the way it happens well I don't think yeah I don't think you necessarily had an awful start have you really but you know you've You've no. run some horse. You've had to. You've had to open some doors early on in the year, which is always quite, quite can be a little bit of a painful process, especially with someone like yourself who does take your time with your horses. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I am not happy with the start we've had. But there we go. That's just. That's just. I think we came in here with a lot of hopes, especially amongst the three-year-olds, and I think we've learned pretty quickly that they're not as good as we thought they were. I think they're a fine bunch, but there isn't a star in there, sadly. Uh, we're day. all looking for stars aren't we yeah yeah I mean, but it's getting it's getting harder and harder having said that you are going to have a derby runner or all, all, all things we are going to have a derby runner which is great um he ran he's funny he's the other way around so he sort of very much slid under the radar and no one i think no one really had a massive amount of expectations from him but he just does everything in his own time and he's got a great attitude and he ran a really good race um, in the Derby trial, it'd be interesting to hear what William thought about the winner. Um, I've heard a lot of positive things about the winner. Actually, I think they they mm. think he's a pretty decent horse and probably not um, not their number one pick, but he's not far off the top from what I can work out. Um, so yeah, look, we'll go there a fifty to one chance, and if we can run in the first half a field, we'll be over the moon. Lads, our guest is William Buick, brilliant rider, top class professional. Tell us a little bit about your dealings with William and, and the sort of man he is and what he brings to the table when he rides for you, etc. 
So, he, I mean, he hasn't ridden for me a huge amount, just mainly because he's not easy to get hold of. You know, he, at the end of the day, he's contracted to Godolphin and he's booked up in a lot of the really nice races. Um, he has ridden me a Royal Ascot winner. Uh, Which one was that? I'm sorry, I could have had a mind blank. Chief of Chiefs. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. So he he rode Chief of Chiefs, who's not an easy ride. No, I'm surprised. I saw he was running the other day. I thought he might be in the field by now. But yeah. how old is he? It feels like he's nine. Been Oh, he's nine. Yeah, yeah he's be. nine, and he ran he a ran well. yeah, 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 yeah. That's put him absolutely spot on for the Victoria Cup in three weeks' time, two weeks' time now. Um, Fast finishing fifth. But he had no, <laughs> yeah. Well, I just pray it doesn't rain. Um, but he um, he gave it a peach of a ride, and he chief is not an easy ride. So he has to be held up and delivered late, and he weaved through, and yeah, he he is like as you say the consummate professional that I think that is what you get when you get William Buick you know you get someone who you know has done their homework you know he's not been out on the you know beers the night before he's probably gone especially if it's a big day uh he is a real family man I mean I saw videos of him on Instagram over the weekend with his kids all dressed up wasn't he all dressed up with his tie on him (laughs) and George Peckham uh at Pony Club doing some showing and you know you just know that he he has Give it, he will give your ride as much sort of thought and attention as he'll probably give a good Olfen ride. Like, he's just one of those guys. Mm. And this year, obviously, again, he's going for the title again. So even more so, you know, every time you put him up, he is going there to do his, you know, his best. Uh, and that is, that is great. It's just I wish I could get him a little bit more. He's not easy to get. Yeah, no, exactly. He he's just a very impressive chap all round. He's I've known him on a personal level for a long a long time, and he's great company as well. So it'd be nice to have a chat with him and just learn a little bit more about his mindset and the way he goes about things. His journey has been just colossal from start to to, to now, and also obviously we all want to know about these guinea horses and how hard a decision it was for him to make. Um, you know, to make on for, for Saturday. So yeah, no, looking forward to catching up with him on a you know, professional level, I've given him some a couple of winners, which I know he was grateful for at the time off the back of injuries and suspensions. And, um, you know, his brother, Martin, was a racing manager with Niarcos, and, and so we always tried to put him up on those horses where we could. So we're looking forward to having a chat with him. With William about to join us, I think it's appropriate to give listeners a little bit of a potted biog. His dad, Walter, is a former jockey, and well-known racing figure to this day, Walter was a multiple champion rider in Norway, where William was born and raised. Will is actually not only fluent in Norwegian and English, but also Danish and German. A former apprentice to Andrew Balding, it's England that he's called home for many years, and he's ridden many a Group 1 here over the time he's been in the country, including the Derby and three other domestic classic triumphs. He was for several years stable jockey at John Gosden's before moving on to fulfil that role for Godolphin, where he has formed a formidable alliance with trainer Charlie Appleby. In 2018, he and Appleby enjoyed a massive professional high when Will booted home Massar to win the derby for Godolphin. The high-profile successes have just kept coming, and last year saw him carrying the famous blue silks to Irish derby glory on Hurricane Lane just one of three top-level wins that Will recorded on the Colt in 2021. The season also saw him aboard the outstanding two-year-old Native Trail, winner of the Group 1 National Stakes and Dewhurst Stakes. The Godolphin Colt reappeared recently at Newmarket with an emphatic victory in the Craven Stakes, 
that's assured him favouritism going into the first classic of 2022. Even without Native Trail, there's a whole lot to talk about with our very special guest, William Buick. William, many thanks for coming on the podcast. Before you arrived, I asked George and Charlie a little bit about you. So in return, how long have you known this pair um, and what are they like to ride for? Well, I've known both uh, George and Charlie since they were um, assistant trainers in, in town, obviously. and Since fellows had an eye piercing. <laughs> no, that was a long time. I don't think I've known him that long. Look, no. He's got a scar on his, you see he's got a scar and his eye pierced. It got ripped out. Do you know the story why it got ripped out? Hopefully of some girl's hair. No, no, nowhere near. Nowhere near as fun as that. I was getting my hair cut and he pulled the comb down through the fringe of my hair and the eyebrow piercing got caught in it and ripped out. <laughs> yeah, blood everywhere. Best thing about having a special guest yeah. is we listen to the Sorry, special yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so <laughs> when did you meet these two guys then? Well, obviously, I rode for the trainers. They were assistants too, and kind of met them, met them through that. Obviously, I've probably know George a little bit closer through sort of social circles or whatever. But you know, it's a, it's a relatively small industry, so we know each other through obviously work and and some sometimes socially as well. What are they like to ride for? Are they a little bit uh, walking their box five minutes before the off? Are they yeah, they're both a nightmare? <laughs> yeah, I think when it comes to William, just with his professionalism, I'd say if if one of us came across as being difficult, then we probably we're probably getting it wrong because with William, you know, we just leave him to it. Um, we were just talking beforehand. I've given William his uh, two winners, one off the back of a suspension. What was your suspension for? I can't remember. It was in the French Oaks, and I got the blame for a horse actually coming down thankfully the jockey and the horse were both okay but it was it was a typical french steward inquiry where i didn't know what was going on and so you I, didn't, I didn't take it very well so i got a <laughs> two week it. i got a two week suspension <laughs> that was it. and then, uh, him again. And then I, I i wasn't very happy with the decision and i made that quite clear and obviously i got another two weeks so that <laughs> that taught me a lesson that taught me some manners and uh, so i got a month suspension which was a disaster really at that time of the season and then when I did come back, George put me on a on a certainty at Nottingham. Oh, Gilgamesh, which was even more special because at the time, Martin, William's brother, was one of the racing managers at Niarcos and he's a good friend of mine as well. So uh, that was that was great, actually, wasn't it? Although I can trump you because he's ridden me a Royal Ascot winner. Yeah. Oh, wow, of course he has. Yeah. Yeah, well, that does trump me, sadly. Yeah. I'd say William would say my winner was more significant in his career than a poxy <laughs> handicap or Royal Ascot. Well, well, we've both heard how you're both major influences on the career of William <laughs> Buick. Um, what about your father, Walter, Andrew Balding and John Goldston? Tell us a little bit about what each of them has, has given you over you know, your time with them. Yeah, obviously I was fortunate, you know, I had a very good upbringing. And, um, you know, my father um, obviously was invaluable to me early on and for advice and pointing me in the right direction but it was actually my mother who taught me to ride and uh, obviously I still lived in Norway with her and did the pony racing short jumping and, and all of that and um, you know we, as a family uh, obviously my father was already living in England and we all agreed that I could leave school and come come over here started a typical old-fashioned apprenticeship with the buildings and uh, I'd already been going over on school holidays so I did know what to expect sort of but it was a it was a great apprenticeship you learned all the values you need to learn in in life at that age really 
and I always I always think I was always very very lucky to to be there at that time because I think it was a a perfect apprenticeship. Um, it was fair, it was strict, it was it was hard, but you get you got given opportunities, and you know had some great owners there. Still have the great owners there that I'm not afraid to put apprentices up in in the bigger races. So you get those opportunities that that you need, and you know it's hard for trainers to put apprentices up in the bigger races because sometimes the owners they want a you know big name fully fledged jockey. Boys, do you look back on your sort of pupil days with with fondness? Obviously, you with James and you with Michael. Yeah, I mean, I do, of course. It was always it's always an, it's always a um, exciting time, but it's uh, pupil assistants the hardest job in the game. You know, you're expected to work every hour under the sun and. And you know, in the meantime, you're learning. So yeah, I, I look back, at, look back, and enjoy the process. But I, I enjoy my life a lot more now. Times with Fanch must have been good, though. I've always said I loved my time at James Fanshaw's. He was, he was a very good boss. He was great fun to work for, and uh, and most importantly, we had a really good time of it while in that period while we were there you know, we had a lot of really good horses and it was great but it, it, it is it is a brutal being a pupil assistant or assistant trainer is a brutal brutal job because uh, early starts well just that and you're just a gopher you know you're not you're not you're just expected to work which is which is fine it's an apprenticeship yeah but well and then obviously um you moved from andrews to john gosden's and it was a golden period for you in 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 that time as well. You you rode this probably the, the was the the fugue and those types of horses. Were, you know you started riding some Group One horses sort of almost weekly, I suppose, for John. Yeah, I, it was a call I didn't expect. And, really, uh, how did that call go, William? I was actually I was in a noodle house in Dubai in the Emirates Towers when that was still <laughs> having my dinner, and uh, I'd ridden at, um, the week before. I'd ridden at Saint Cloud in uh, one of those big two-year-old races back in the year. And um, John phoned me up and he asked me what the ground was. Or, or sort of he elaborated on that, how soft the ground was, I think. And he just didn't say much. He said he's coming to Dubai and if we could meet up. So I still didn't really know what to expect. So, uh, But I had to keep it quiet. And for a young lad, that was I was itching, but I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> tell anyone. And I didn't. Um, but it was a... Yeah, it was a... It was a um, a great partnership, and we hit it from the off with Daremi winning the Shima Classic. Of course, yeah. Um, so, you know, with John, it's it was a, he became like a second father to me because obviously I was a young jockey and I was put onto to a stage where I hadn't been before. So, they weren't always as smooth as some of the the, the days were. Um, but I learned my trade, and being with John every day, you you, you learn something. And obviously, we had great horses. Uh, every every year we had good horses during that time, so it was a it was a fantastic period. And, and look, I'm 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 still very very involved, and and obviously still still ride for John and Andrew, so it's it's great. You won your first classics, didn't you, when you were at Clarehaven? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Artie Cosmos won the Saint Ledger in mm. 2010, I think. Yeah, first year. Yeah, first year there. And then the other didn't didn't Mars Marvel win the kind of was that for John as he well? He won the 2011 Saint Ledger, I think. Yeah. Back to back St. Yeah, Ledger's there. Yeah. So those were good times. Yeah, they were great times. They were great times. And, you know, I think in this game, things happen quickly, things people move on, and, and you can sometimes forget to savor the moment. But that's the ruthlessness of the industry. You know, you have to move on because otherwise you get left behind. So, but I look back at those times with, with, with great fondness. 
And William, you did move on to Godolphin, yep. to Charlie. And, you know, without repeating myself, that, that must have been a big, big decision and a fast-moving process. I, I would imagine John Ferguson was probably in the driving seat at that, that stage. And it was a kind of a, almost like a football deal with you and James both signing up to Godolphin. And I know I think they tried to dress it up in that manner to try and create a buzz. And how, how did all that go? Was it on the radar for you? Did you feel that job was coming? Again, it was, uh, it was a call I didn't expect. I was riding quite a, quite a bit for Charlie at the time so but I didn't think it would come I, th I think possibly it could come a year later you can never uh, guess those things but um and you flew to Dubai did you did you see the boss then and talk yeah, to the boss yeah and it was uh yeah like you said things moved on quickly from there and you know it was it's an amazing opportunity uh, one that you've got to take with both hands and obviously uh you know we've we've had some great horses over the years and and hopefully still do I mean it feels like the last two years, <laughs> something's happened. Yeah. Like something has clicked. Maybe Charlie's really settled into the job, but like, oh, the breeding operation is flying or the buying, something has happened over the last two years. And you've gone from being an unbelievably powerful operation to being a completely dominant operation at the moment. It is scary, the strength and depth that you guys have at the moment. Yeah, obviously we've got some lovely horses, and and like the influx of horses over the last two or three years has been consistent. You know there are f far better people to to elaborate more on this, but the stud side of of it, um, you know, with Dubawi being as dominant as he is, is working fantastic. I mean, sadly we lost Shamadal. He was oh, a fantastic yeah. stallion, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, but Dubawi is is dominant. Obviously, well he's at the top now, and and behind him, obviously you you have Frankel and Kingman. And, and who you're buying into at the sales as well, aren't you? You so, know. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, and obviously everything is just uh, you, you can't do it without the horses and the infrastructure in the stable. So I think just everything is clicking. And and look, you got to keep going. You can never re rest on your laurels or anything like that. So that's the motto. So Charlie's just mentioned the last couple of three years. I suppose it seems like momentum has really been with you ever since. Massar winning the derby back in 2018. It seems such a special day for you, Charlie, obviously the boss, everyone connected with Godolphin. What are your memories of that incredible day for you on the downs? Yeah, amazing, amazing. And, you know, the derby is the derby. So that, that is a, a day you'll never, ever forget. You know, I kind of beforehand... I, I had a fair idea what it would feel like to win it because I've come close a couple of times, you know, second, thirds and stuff like that. And even that gives you a buzz, which is <laughs> unusual to say, you know, but it really does. And I think any jockey, of course you want to win it, but it's just something special about that day in that race. It really is. And obviously winning that Massa, first Godolphin win in the race. Obviously Sheikh Mohammed was involved with Lamtara before. This was his, Sheikh Mohammed's win, first in Godolphin and... Uh, and Massa was a homebred. It was a fantastic day, and, and I suppose you could say that was the, the start of the, the turnaround. When you win a derby, do things slow down? Yeah, or do I was things ask speed that. up? I was watching Nick Faldo saying when he hit this shot to win the Open, everything seemed to go into incredible slow motion. And then I've heard other people say it's just like we've just gone in a heartbeat the whole day, they can't remember it. So I wondered, how was it for you? Well, I had a nice trip round. And it was one of those, we wanted to have a good position, but we wanted him to relax as well. So it was, a, it was a bit of a fine balance sort of thing. But as it turned out, he was autopilot, got to the top of the hill. He was breathing nicely and relaxed. And 
I kind of just went with the horse. But I ended up get, getting to the front a little bit sooner than what I, than I had planned. And the last furlong was, that was slow motion. <laughs> yeah, definitely slow motion. Yeah, it's, it was just, uh, you, you just get a real sense of fulfilment. And, and it's, I, I do think to this day, it's the most, it's, it's the most important race. Yeah, for sure. You know. I think Charlie and I, are sort of, I wouldn't say necessarily old fashioned, but for, I'm sure the, the Derby is just something, it's a whole different yeah. beast, isn't it? It gives me goosebumps almost thinking about, you know, for you talking about that moment. I just, you just can't, can't imagine. And, and for Charlie Appleby, it was a defining moment for him, really. You know, as we said, you know, he had a pretty great, a great start to his career for the boss. But, you know, I think everyone felt that it was a defining moment and it was him sort of showing himself on the, on the, on the main stage. I know you're very close with Charlie. Would you call him a friend as well or do you have a very much a working relationship? And what's he like to work for? We have a working relationship, obviously, which is very important. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, he, he, he's... Everyone knows he's he's a very very good guy and he's very fair. So naturally we get on very well. Yeah, and he seems to just be so at ease with that job now. And just and what I what I think the most sort of admirable thing about him and Goodolphin is that you know when people are hugely successful in in a in a domain or in an industry, it can often lead to jealousy and people being sort of almost negative at times about people's success, but. Charlie's created this amazing feel-good factor around Godolphin where people are genuinely delighted to see you do so well. And I think that all comes from him as, as a man, as a human, you know, um, knowing, him, knowing him well as we, as we all do here. But what, what's he like day-to-day with his team and his staff and the people around yeah, him? Yeah, he's, he's got a great balance, you know. Obviously, I think from a trainer's perspective, what, what you know far better than I do is you need to get on with your staff, but at the same time, you're... The box stops with you. So you, if something you don't like or something that someone doesn't do what they should do, then you got to let them know. And I think he's got a great balance there. I think he he knows his horses. He knows his pedigrees. You know, so when he gets two-year-olds, he's likely to have had the brothers or sisters. So that's something he he knows and does very well. Obviously, amongst everything else. So yeah, it, it's very hard for me to pinpoint one or two things that he does well because yeah, all, all round, all rounder, all round. You know, a bit like you, Charlie. Big all-rounder. <laughs> We've been talking classics, specifically the Derby. We have a classic weekend coming up in Newmarket. Obviously, all eyes will be on you and your horse, Native Trail. What did you make of his run in the Craven, and what are the qualities about that horse that have made him the horse he is and the star that he is already? I mean, he's a bit, bit bigger now than what he was last year, but essentially he, he looked like that since day one, really. He was obviously bored of the breeze-ups here, the Craven breeze-ups last year. And uh, he went to Sandown first to man, won well, but he could never say he was going to achieve what he did. But he took every step along the way, and yeah, he was always ended up champion two-year-old. And his um, run in the Craven was was perfect. He did what he had to do, and possibly a little bit more. So it was an ideal prep. He looked fantastic that day. But let let's just cut to the chase here. How 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 difficult was it to make that decision, and what can James expect from the other horse on Saturday? Yeah, he's the unknown quantity, and you know I think he's he's a top class horse. Um, can he get close to you from riding the two of them? I mean, where yeah, where how far apart are they? It's, in your it's very mind? hard. It's, I don't think they're very far apart at all. Really? Would it be fair to? I don't know. I might be. You've ridden him. I might be completely wrong. But would it be fair to say that Newmarket? wouldn't be native trails dream track yeah i always get the feeling he looks a bit disorganized going into the dip yeah. 
Yeah. And that maybe a more galloping track he'd be yeah. even better on. Yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair point. But he does handle it at the same time. Yeah. You know, and, and he manages to accelerate into the dip and and out of it. Um, but the two horses are they're two quite different horses. And I think Coribus obviously Dubawi he hasn't had a trial, but he's had a race course gallop and he looks fantastic. I think he'll improve and progress as the season goes on. But it's very hard to compare the two. And yes, it's a privileged choice to have. Incredibly yeah. privileged choice to have, but um, it took a bit of thinking. I mean, the, th- the thing about the autumn stakes was how well he travelled, and then the acceleration when you just asked him to settle it, it seemed a few strides. And Native Trails seems to me a horse you have to gather and get him organised, and then he lengthens and then he puts distance between himself and his rivals. Whereas Caribus on that day, oh, he was sort of eye poppingly fast with his acceleration, and it was just. He just thought, goodness, that horse is open to quite a lot of progression as well because he's quite unexposed in relation to the other horse. Yeah, he is. I think with him, you go back to when he was second in the Royal Lodge when I rode him totally wrong. You know, I, I thought he was a different kind of horse to what he is. I thought he was a, he wanted every yard of a mile and mile and a quarter type of horse already. And the pace he was unbelievable. You and kicked the, him, he took off. <laughs> yeah, oh, Jesus you know, he, he, he yeah. gone, wasn't he? And, uh, and obviously he tied up the last half a furlong. Because I think the sectionals from the two and a half to the half a furlong pole were unbelievable. So, you know, that alone was, was an incredible performance, really. So, yeah, he's a horse with lots of pace. He's a very smooth, smooth traveller. I think he'd be one of the last horses off the bridle. And one exciting thought for you that, OK, it is this Saturday, but it's also the next six months that you're hopefully going to be partnering this horse. I mean, they're two special animals, aren't they? Absolutely. The thing is, you, you just want everything to go well, every decision, try and get it right. And hopefully you can give them every chance to show how good they are. You know, you, you can talk and talk and talk and talk, but you've got to go and do it. And the Phillies race, obviously that race is now opened up. Well, who's who a favourite coming out? Will you be on you Wild Beauty? You're, well, yeah, obviously the favourite coming out now has sort of changed things around a little bit. Obviously George George Boy had um, his good filly Cache, who won the, the Nell Gwyn. And um, obviously I was on her, but now obviously with the favourite coming out in Spiral. I think Wild Beauty will take a chance. So she won the Fred Darling. She's tough, she's game, she stays. And she's, she's a group one winner, in, albeit been in Canada, but she beat the, the British Cup Juvenile Turf Phillies winner. So she's got good form and I think she'll improve for Newbury. I thought she was quite impressive. I thought Newbury she was in the very end. impressive at Newbury. I'd say she's a lively, lively, yeah. not yeah. even an outsider, got a, yeah. got a lively chance on something. She's, she's, she's Frankel. And yeah. she's, she's bred to be good, it also yeah. makes sense. And I think the race now is wide open. Yeah. To a degree. So you rode both winners in the trial. I wonder who George is going to... Has George confirmed his... I suppose it's not for you to talk on here about that, but he'll be disappointed to lose your services having um, ridden her on um, a cachet in her, in her prep. Yeah, she did that well as well. She did. Uh, I mean, obviously, this was a plan that that George set in motion a while ago. So obviously, yeah, I, I'm sorry to George that I that we couldn't keep it going. But obviously, unfortunate circumstances for Inspiral has, has changed things around a little bit. But Cashe is a. I rode her the other morning, and she's in great form. She's very straightforward filly. So whoever rides her she, um, will have, will have a good ride. She she won the trial well, I thought. And uh, to be honest, I think George. George has her in top shape. I think she could have could have improved as well. Yeah, we'll certainly be all excited with the third on to go. She'll be there, won't she? She will be. She'll absolutely. be bang there. One last question for me. I'm not sure about the boys, but obviously you've come very close in the race to finish champion jockey in the last couple of seasons. 
How high on your list of ticks for this year is that, um, to try and tick that one off? It's, it's a priority for sure, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said anything else. So it's, it's a priority. Uh, it all starts this weekend. So everything I do will be obviously commitment to Godolphin, good horses, good races comes naturally. That's, that's the most important thing. But behind that, um, I'll be going as hard as I can. Because that's the one thing on the CV, you know, there's classics, there's derby yeah. wins. It would be just great to get that on there, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and it's something I always wanted to do um, and certainly haven't come so close the last couple of seasons. Uh, definitely uh, gives you a bit of taste for it. It's been a wonderful narrative for all of us, fortunately, yeah. you know, especially our, our friendship group, I think, back to you, like, <laughs> Boney sort of, I think they all back to you at crazy prices, so we, we, I think I have about two WhatsApp groups uh, um, that, are, that are based around Buick to be champion jockey, um, but this is, this is going to, yeah, that hopefully, hopefully this is going to be your year, William, I mean, just quickly, just ra- rounding things up, that it is not easy. I mean, it is relentless for you guys. And you're just a, quickly about your routine. Do you have time to look at the races or, or you know, look at your yeah, races? For the next? They just come so thick and yeah, fast for you. That's very important to have your routine. Exactly. Like you say, you have to have routine and, and it's a lot of dedication. And you go into a robotic mode. You have a couple of coffees in the morning. If you go to the gym. Then you look at the races and you're on the iPad on the way to the races and you have to know the form. And it's so many different levels of races to look at. You could have bargain basement stuff of Wolverhampton on a Tuesday and you could be at Ascot on Saturday. So, um, yeah, but that, that's, that's just a part of it. And to be honest with you, whether you're going for the championship or not, that's what you have to do. But it's something I also enjoy. I enjoy um, the routine of it. It's not as relentless now as what it has been. You know, it's Guineas to Champions Day. so mm. And one meeting a day certainly makes it a little bit more humane, I would say. Sensible, yeah. yeah. And how many mornings would you ride out for Godolphin? How many would you be in? Three, four mornings a week? Yeah, yeah, three or four, depending on, on the weeks. But this time of year, um, where you sort of you've got horses going for trials and, and unexposed maidens that never got to run at two and stuff like that. So there's quite a lot going on. And two-year-olds are slowly getting going as well. So... Yeah, it's, it's quite busy in the mornings this time of the year. From a selfish point of view, I just love an insight on your Derby team. Yeah. Because I finished second to you in the Derby trial at yeah. Epson the other yeah. day. What You've got New London yeah. is probably the pick at the moment, is he? Possibly, but he, again, they have to run in the trial to find out. Yeah. Where will he Further go? Dante? The Epsom... Will he go to the Dante New London? I don't know. I think he, he said, did he say Lingfield? Possibly Lingfield, but Lingfield. I think that's yet to be decided. Yeah. The horse that won the Epsom Derby trial the other day, where does he stack up at the moment? He's a bit of an unexposed type. I think he he won so well at Leicester. And he is a mile and a half horse, you know, so coming back to a mile and a quarter at Epsom possibly was a bit sharp for him. But again, he's beautifully bred. He's a Frankel, so I don't think we'll see him again before possibly the Derby. But he, he's, uh, he's solid. Yeah. He's solid, yeah. I think he's pretty solid. Could you see yourself riding him or do you think there'll be something above him in the pecking order come Derby Day? I think there may be something above him. Yeah, but you're not going to elaborate what that is. I don't know. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. And that's the... You'd hope there'll yeah. be something that gives you a better feel than he did. I, yeah. He's a mile and a half horse. That was a slowly run mile and a quarter. I thought so he, he did didn't really, really well because yeah. he is a mile and a half horse yeah. and he yeah. won that despite them going, you set pretty steady fractions on him. I probably went too slow. Yeah. And he still managed to win it. Um, you know he handles the track exactly. he seems very straightforward yeah. for a Frankel yeah. big tick of the box um, and he stays I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a lively yeah. sort of 
because he's nice price as well. You're getting into that. Hopefully, you're building a team into that Aiden O'Brien territory where you know you have two, three, four, and you know they've you know the twenty to one shot goes and you know that's the yeah. power of the stable yeah. now, isn't it? Hopefully, hopefully, moving forward. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, you, you know, everyone here knows how hard it is to get a live horse for the Derby, mm. uh, let alone win it. I think now we're just everyone is just trying to to get a pattern to the derby picture. Obviously on Saturday will be quite telling. Do you think you could see the other horse go for the derby? I, I don't know, I, I don't know, but obviously there's a, there's a number of horses in the race that yeah. possibly look like they have a derby pedigree. Um, so the Guineas is always a telling race. Yeah, uh, that's a great trial, isn't it? And then York, Chester, Lingfield. It's an interesting three weeks. William, thank you so much on behalf of all of us for no. coming in. It's been fascinating. You're welcome. Thank, thank you for you. having me. And good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Good luck, Will. We yeah. we really, really hope you can be champion jockey this year. That's the main thing. Thank you. Very much. <laughs> and thank we'll you. and we'll be doing our best to help yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> much appreciated. So that's William Buick set for a big bank holiday weekend. What about you boys? Much to run over the coming days? Anything you're really excited about over the you know the early part of May? I've got a few interesting ones. I'm just, in, you know, as we talked about briefly, you know, with, with the horses being in good form, I'm kind of really sort of positive and, and looking forward to the, week, the weeks ahead. And, we you know, I did mention a horse called Captain Kane who's on the podcast before he won. He's won two, and I hope he can win again on Friday. But it's two-year-old time now, isn't it, nearly? And this really is where the hopes and dreams are. And, you know, I'm, I'm loath to mention this horse's name because I'm sure I'll give him the kiss of death. But I have got an exciting horse called Embroidered Cloth, who's going to run at Doncaster on Saturday. I think, are you still going to run your horse on Saturday at Doncaster? He'll get an entry and I'll see. Yeah, so I might run it, but he he is a horse that you get out of bed and think of as soon as you're out of bed But at this stage, but we'll soon see. Often it doesn't translate onto the track. Charlie, horses to run that you're looking forward to seeing in action? <laughs> Interesting. I'd probably say the horse that's going to run against George. Uh, that's going to be exciting. It's called Marban. Marban. It was one of three horses that got sent to me by Sheikh Ahmed this year. He's an oasis dream who's been working well. He's not guaranteed runner, but he'll probably have a little blow on Wednesday and then I'll decide whether he's going to run or not. Um, but he looks... Quite a nice horse, really good looking horse. Can you not run him at Newmarket? Uh, I hate Newmarket. Yeah, I know, I but I don't really want to take Newmarket you on. Anymore. Just let me have a buy here, please. I can assure you we'll have other pauses to worry about, Donny, rather than just our own two. But um, he's a nice two-year-old and otherwise, uh, bits and bobs, we're going to be quiet for the next week or so and then might have a few for York, a uh, couple for Chester, a few for York. Just trying now to manoeuvre horses in a position for Royal Ascot. That's what I'm thinking of now. My All of my attention. Now I know I don't have a proper early horse, good horse. All my attention now has gone towards Ascot and manoeuvring a few of those nicer types into maybe handicap marks that I think they'll be very workable off or something like that. So that's where we're looking. And obviously the derby before that um, will be an amazing experience. Will he run before? He won't run it in the Dante, for instance, or no? There's no need. He he, you know, he ran over the winter, so he he was running all winter, all winter. But he ran. He's been on the go for a while. It's not like he didn't run as a two-year-old or ran once as a two-year-old, then had a break and then started in the spring. Plenty of experience. He's had loads of experience. He's been yeah. around Wolverhampton, he's been around Chelmsford, he's been around Epsom already. Yeah. Um, I guess because he's got six weeks until Epsom, he could go to 
the morning with the stars or whatever it's called and maybe go and have a race course gallop round there two weeks before he probably doesn't need to so i'll decide about that closer to the time but um he yeah he won't run he'll go straight there and you know we'll have a wonderful day out and hopefully he'll run and a, run a really good race what about our podcast syndicate horses how's progress I, I remember this time last year there were still one or two shares that were snapped up around this time in a certain filly called eve lodge now that proved a good decision given her subsequent developments. Are there still the odd share or two available this time around? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, we're selling the the remaining shares thick and fast. Um, but there, there are a few shares left and I highly recommend people getting involved. We've banged on about it. It's been a really successful syndicate and I'm very, very pleased with my horse. I'm so pleased with him that I renamed him because I didn't like his name. So he's now called Zeppelin. And, um, you know, there's going to be plenty of action through the summer months with, with both of them. We, you know, we, um, we, we auctioned off a, a share the other day at Sandown in aid of um, music therapy for people with disabilities. Anyway, we donated a share because it's run by Emma Banks and Chris Wright, who we both trained for, and it made 10 grand. 10 grand, 10 yeah, grand. which is yeah. fantastic, considering the share price is two and a half. Yeah. So, so yeah, we were we were very pleased to give a bit back, and that actually has been quite a rewarding part of this. We've actually given three shares away to charity this year, so it's nice to. If, I tell you what, if there's another Eve Lodge in there, we won't we we won't have felt that we've made the right. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Out, it's because it's out of our own pockets at the end of it. So, but they're showing up well, the two respective two year olds. You're yeah. happy with them both. Very well. Your colt's going to be more forward than my filly, isn't she? Yeah, no, he he is. He's just I've just kind of slightly backed off him just because he's got some open knees, but he's yeah. he's a nice horse. Yeah. All that remains is uh, one to stick up, the nap. Any, um, anything that you want All to just uh, give our listeners uh, a chance to back over the next few weeks? I like my two-year-old called Rocket Rodney, who ran really well first time at Nottingham, and I actually own him. So he'll be for sale after he hopefully wins, and hopefully he can book himself a place for the Windsor Castle or something. So he'd be, my, he'd be a horse to look out for for me. Charlie? That's a hard one. My na- I'm going to give you a long-term nap, because I can't think of anything short-term. Uh, a long-term nap would be a filly that I ran yesterday called Fresh Hope, who's the reason that I'm in such a foul mood this morning because I was hoping she was going to hack up and look like a mile and a quarter, mile and a half, proper proper filly. Uh, she didn't. She got beaten. She travelled like a good thing and just found absolutely nothing under pressure. Didn't stay. She will drop back to a mile and she will now be targeted at the race I've won two out of the last three years. And if she goes there off 82, 83, she will be absolutely banging there with a run run because she's tailor-made for that race. Um, Fresh hope for the Sandringham would be my long-term tip. I think um, she's a good filly. She's just not as good as I hoped she was going to be. Well, you were worried about the trip beforehand. It's one of those trainer intuition things, you know. I bet you were slightly kicking yourself, but at least you now know. And you have a plan. So, you know, there's no ele- you have you, there's to. no question mark now. So you can now train her as a miler and move on. To be fair, Jamie, Jamie would rang me up. Or Jamie Spencer wrote it and he'd said to me before I said, this will stay 10, don't worry. He was adamant, as was her rider, who is a very, very good rider, rode some proper horses for Stout when she worked for Stouty. Very experienced. And they both were like, this is a 10 furlong filly. She had no problem staying. I have always had a gut feeling that she's not and that she's a miler. And as you say, the good thing is that we went and we found out we're not mucking around over a mile saying we're going to get tent. Like we now have a plan, that race at Ascot, and then hopefully she'll pick up some black type after it, which I'm sure she's capable of doing.
Well, we hope you enjoyed episode two of series four. Just to remind you, we're sponsored by Fitstairs Bookmaker. Fitstairs, incidentally, are sponsoring the Thirsk Hunt Cup this weekend. It's now the Fitstairs Thirsk Hunt Cup. We'll be back soonish, I'm sure. Until then, thanks to our producer, Carl Homer from Cambridge TV. And on behalf of George and Charlie and also myself, thanks very much for taking the time to listen. Goodbye. Goodbye.